Omaha! Yes, we will touch on Liberty University football attendance momentarily in the fast lane. But on my trip back from the Star City this afternoon, I look at Twitter once we get back into the parking lot, of course, the Royal We, my car from Feller Chevrolet, and myself pulling back into the parking lot. And guess what I happen to notice? But a storm of irate comments coming from the North Carolina Athletic Department and football program. In lieu of the obvious based on their ire, frustration, anger, insert your adjective here, but their clear dismay with the NCAA ruling transfer wide receiver Devontae Tez Walker ineligible. I didn't even need to read the fact that he was ineligible to just know that all the statements coming in were clearly uh, upset with the ruling. And you're not upset if the ruling means that he somehow happened to have been eligible for the upcoming season. So there are a couple questions to ask here. The first one is, would this have happened if it was the North Carolina basketball program? Like, call me cynical, but is it unreasonable to believe that the NCAA coming down on a program would be the same for North Carolina basketball as it is for football. I mean, let's go back about a decade or so when, well, we had shame classes that happened, and since the basketball program was involved in Chapel Hill, nobody really looked further into that, and the NCAA ruled no wrongdoing. Never mind, it was from like 1992, 93, all the way to like 2007. You're talking about well over a decade of classes that were essentially designed to keep athletes eligible, but they included a couple other students here and there, so uh, nothing ever came of it. Then, obviously, the Butch Davis impermissible benefits because, you know, the Carolina basketball players are just going to sit around and let the football players get all the benefits while they didn't pine for anything at all. Of course, now it's all above board with name, image, and likeness, and I don't really have any issue with that particular component, but that's a reasonable question to ask. But then here's the other one. Is North Carolina going to bail on the ACC or the NCAA first? Because at the rate we're going, I don't even blame them if North Carolina says to hell with this with the NCAA. We're just stacking up more ammunition for why the idea we brought up yesterday in the Fast Five at Five-ish, Fast Lane, Ned Lane, where you listen to podcasts, if you want to pull a Deion Sanders, excuse me, Coach Prime and keep receipts on us, you're certainly welcome to do that. But the idea we brought up yesterday of about 50 schools teaming up with Fox, ESPN, and... Here's the interesting third party, the NFL, to figure out how to split off from the NCAA and run a sports property separate from that organization. Doesn't a move like today from the NCAA just further the resolve for schools that realize they might have more value away from the NCAA? And it does suck to think about that because maybe Virginia and Virginia Tech are part of that. I think if you're at the number 50, there's a good chance they both are involved in it. If it goes to 32, I think obviously you're holding your breath much more. But it still stinks because schools like Liberty or JMU or anyone else, whether it's March Madness or any other avenue to gain some level of athletic glory, you could get shut out all because of the NCAA. But who in the world is actually even defending the NCAA at this particular point? There's so many things that have popped up. And and the most telling one is this. And I get it. I I bagged on Mac Brown for the fact that North Carolina defenses at times have been way too soft. And also the fact that North Carolina in general uh, has had a lot of talented football players, but uh, up until at least it appears that might change this year, uh, certainly it helps to have potential number one pick in the draft, Drake May at quarterback. But up until this year, they've failed to under, uh, they've underachieved relative to the talent they've had. But I am 1,000% behind North Carolina in this regard. 
what they've said to the NCAA, and there's no what he said and what he meant, because I don't think there's any reading between the lines. UNC Athletic Director Bubba Cunningham, quote, on eight different occasions, that's the number between six and, excuse me, seven and nine, on eight different occasions, the organization, the NCAA, had the opportunity to demonstrate it can make sound and reasonable decisions in the best interest of student-athletes based on individual circumstances. Instead, the NCAA made a maddening, frustrating, and wrong decision for Tez, for college football, and for college athletics. And of course, uh, that's only part of this. You've got an athletic director weighing in against the NCAA. Rarely does that ever happen to this level of vitriol. And again, I understand that there are plenty of folks out there, myself included, who will point the finger at North Carolina as having kind of this holier-than-thou attitude, as though because they're North Carolina, everybody should cut them some slack. But in reality, in this particular case, they are absolutely correct when it comes to this. Mac Brown going further. And again, I agree with him. Quote, I don't know if I've ever been more disappointed in a person, group of people, or institution than I am with the NCAA right now. It's clear the NCAA could care less about the young people it's supposed to be supporting. I've lost all faith in its ability to lead and govern the sport. Brown continues, they messed up so many things as it relates to college football, and now their failures have negatively impacted the lives of one of our own. Of course, obviously, he's going to defend his own player, wide receiver Tez Walker, who is declared ineligible today by the NCAA, despite having a valid medical-based reason in his family to transfer to North Carolina. Going further, though, on the Mac Brown comment about the NCAA's ruling today. The decision makers at the NCAA and the committee should be ashamed of themselves for doing this to a young man. We've got complete rosters overhauled through transfer portal. Players playing their eighth year of college at their fourth school, yet Tez Walker, who only played football at one school, isn't eligible. It makes no sense and never will. Shame on you, NCAA. Shame on you. I don't even fault Mac Brown for going blowtorch on the NCAA. I mean, it's comical right now the way they've operated. And as much as it's frustrating for those that understand that name, image, and likeness and the desire to pay college players, whether it's implicitly right now, NIL is used as an inducement for players to transfer to schools or to sign on with schools. I mean, let's call a spade a spade there. Whether you like that or not, it's part of the game. Before then, when we saw this trend coming, the leaders in college athletics, excuse me, the power brokers in college athletic, because they have power, but they're not leading and making tough decisions or showing foresight. They're protecting their best interests, as is often the case in business. It's one of those things parents don't teach their kids, but kids need to know. And if you're a parent listening right now, educate your child sooner than later on that reality because it will smack them in the face or like a cold bucket of water dumped on them at 3 a.m. It will be absolutely painful. They need to know that reality. And this is how it works in the real world, that that's what's happened. And so the NCAA has done this, and they continue to make these dumb, idiotic rulings and decisions like we've gotten with North Carolina wide receiver Tez Walker being declared ineligible, despite only transferring once and having a valid family medical reason with which to do that. And Mac Brown is absolutely right. And yes, maybe he's saying that because, uh, wink, wink, nudge, nudge here, certain players may or may not have been tempted to be recruited off the North Carolina roster to other Power 5 programs. And that that is, in fact, going on in the NCAA. And because there's no real policing or teeth to the potential penalties of tampering, basically recruiting players off of one roster to come to your own, that nothing's being done about this. This is where if you're an organization, I mean, 
okay, just keep playing the guy. I mean, that's the big question I have, Trey, is the other one is, why don't schools stand up to the NCAA and say, to hell with this. We're just going to keep playing. Because what's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to declare us ineligible and then we'll show up again? We miss a meaningless bowl game that, I mean, if you're North Carolina this year and you don't make the college football playoff, do you really think Drake May is going to elect to play in his bowl game as opposed to opting out anyway? I mean, okay, great. I just do it and say, middle finger to you guys. Y'all have been leaders who failed to do anything about this, so you're not really leaders. Why should we take what you have to say seriously and continue to, again, expedite what we know is coming, which is the fact that people may not like realignment or the transfer portal or the way college sports are going. A big reason why is because the people in power are people in power, not actual leaders. Yeah, it's dumb, uh, to be honest, because Tez, like, even if you just look at Tez Walker's case in general, he only played at one school, like actually played. He went to one school, but they didn't have football the year he was there, so he transferred. And then his coach left, and the entire offensive staff left. So it's just dumb. It's always dumb. Um, I get a sense that Jim Harbaugh will be the one that does it. Um, hence why the university did the self, you know, self-imposed. But I would not be shocked if the if the NCAA does a suspension, let's say next year, especially with Game Two of Michigan's next season is against, you know, Texas, where you would see maybe a um, so-called middle finger that Jim Harbaugh would give to the NCAA. I don't blame anybody for or, doing it. Or he'll do a four like his players did in the game. <laughs> I mean, the taunting of it is so ridiculous. And then, of course, the NCAA saying they don't comment on matters like this. You know, it's like the parent where it's just because I said so, which may work with your five-year-old. Even I don't do that as much as I can. I try to avoid that in my house. I try to provide a logical explanation. But as kids get older and people get older, because I said so just doesn't cut it. Look, I've mentioned my parents and my relationship's much better with them and appreciate all the prayers that have been out there for that over the last handful of years. Even if I don't know you, uh, it makes a difference. As a religious guy myself and a Christian man, I believe it makes a difference. But I will point out this particular flaw. They use that logic well past its expiration date where they would do the because I said so or because I'm your father more than because I'm your mother. But I heard that way too often when it was high school, college, the real world. Dude, it doesn't fly when you get to that point. The NCAA is trying that with fully formed adults, many of whom are at the same age that the NCAA decision makers are. It is absolutely maddening. Almost as maddening as if you're shopping somewhere, Trey, and you're not considering InsaneRadioDeals.com as part of your shopping list. Because right now at InsaneRadioDeals.com, experiences like Lynchburg Hillcats, General admission tickets with a $10 food voucher and Sequest of Lynchburg experiences. Go ahead and load up for the winter months when it's cold outside and you need something to do inside or you just want some fun educational activities. They are part of the buy one, get one special going on now at InsaneRadioDeals.com. One other topic to get to, by the way, before the Fast Five at Five-ish, Liberty University. So there are a number of different things that are out there when it comes to Liberty. And yes, full disclosure, we would love to partner with Liberty University as far as ticket selling initiatives and would be appreciative of those opportunities uh, if they ever come to fruition. But the truth of the matter also is, is there are a number of other factors that go into Liberty University having difficulty selling tickets. Now, 18,837, that was the listed attendance for New Mexico State at Liberty in November of 2022, the final game of the Hugh Freeze era. 
Ain't no way that number was even remotely close to being how many fans were actually there. Maybe people bought their seats and then at the last minute decided, hey, we're going to bail on this game just like Hugh Freeze and his staff are bailing on Liberty University. Hey, you never know what people are thinking. But it was not 18,837, the listed attendants. I am convinced, having been at that stadium last year and this year, that wasn't the case. Now, you could convince me that they were much closer to the 18,811 that were listed for Bowling Green, the season opener at Williams Stadium this past Saturday. And I do think the attendance is going to be bigger for Liberty University. But here was Jamie Chadwell before that game, well over a week before that game. And if you're bringing up the idea of tickets selling fast, then maybe there's also a wink, wink, nudge, nudge from the administration. Maybe it's an effort to get more people out. Uh, But it might be a bit of an exaggeration as well, because if tickets are selling that fast, do you really need to say something like this? Yeah, I want to remind everybody that's listening, uh, we do believe we have the best home field advantage uh, in Conference USA. And uh, tickets are going fast. We're hoping, we're, exp- we're hoping for a sellout. And so I would, I would encourage everybody in, in that's listening uh, that cares about Liberty, cares about college football, we're going to have, a, we're gonna have a, a great opportunity here with this team and what we're building. And you've got a great opportunity to be part of history, being the first time being in a conference. So I'd encourage you to go out and buy tickets. We're selling fast, selling like hotcakes. That was Jamie Chadwell. They were selling so fast, it was 75% full, which meant about 25% of Williams Stadium was not all that full. And I don't blame him at all. Look, you want a raucous atmosphere if you're a coach at Liberty like Jamie Chadwell. Hugh Freeze did the same thing when he was there at Liberty. I, I don't know for a fact, but I would imagine that if it's not said by administrators there, it's just something that coaches generally want. And I don't blame them at all for doing that. In fact, I give them credit for at least confronting that theory and possibility as opposed to, oh, I don't know, in certain spots, you know, an hour and change north of there where they struggle to pack the building. That won't be the case this Saturday for understandable reasons. The memorial that will be done at Scott Stadium for Lavelle Davis, Devin Chandler, and Deshaun Perry the three slain Virginia football players. But after that, I do think you can wonder, and you know, there have been head-scratching things about Virginia as far as trying to get people into that stadium. It's been challenging for us to even put a partnership together for them, and I'm just sitting there going, who in the world is sitting there itching to go to Scott Stadium on a normal game to watch that particular team? And that was last year, not this year, where there's more pessimism overall about the potential product. But it's not uncommon. I actually give Liberty credit for at least confronting that idea before the season. All I got to say is it seems like Jamie Chadwell has not gotten up on his horses and rode through good old Murfreesboro, Tennessee. Oh, Uh, my goodness. Come on. I'm just saying. I'm just kidding. Trey always with the amusing comments. But then Jamie Chadwell also spoke after the game. Do you know what school I was talking about? Middle Tennessee Raiders. Good job. I guess it's Middle Tennessee, not Middle Tennessee State University. It's Middle Tennessee State University. I mean, I knew it is... Blue Raiders. I I knew it is MTSU and the Blue Raiders back when I was in Memphis. Here's a trick question. What about Huntsville, Texas? Ooh. Is that where Sam Houston State is? That's 10 points to Ed Lane. Wow, that was a nice roll of the dice that turned up Um, positive for me. See, that that was the only one that's a question because there's two schools in Texas. If I say Ruston, Louisiana, you know what that is. FIU, fun fact, is... It has a Miami address, but it's outside in Miami-Dade County. How that, about that? It's, it, how appropriate for things that take place down there where there may be embellishments. But anyway, Jamie Chabwell also praised the fans who came out for the game against Bowling Green and 
I get where he's coming from with this, as we'll expound momentarily. I'll say this. The fans that came out, y'all were awesome. Uh, our student body was awesome. It was loud. You stayed involved. That lifted us up. That lifted us up. And uh, looking forward to uh, uh, hopefully this is uh, the start of a beautiful relationship. Jamie Chowell, speaking about the fans that came out, this was after the win against Bowling Green this past Saturday. And praising what they did coming out to the game and supporting Liberty. I'll echo what he said. Uh, you know, there were lulls in the game, and I thought it mirrored the way the atmosphere felt in Williams Stadium. But at crucial moments, the fans got excited. Down on the field in pregame warm-ups, you could sense there was actually a buzz around the season starting and around Liberty University. And Jamie Chowell referenced that and pleased with what he saw out of that and how it did give a lift to the Liberty Flames. Obviously, what are we seeing? 25? We want 25. All right, we want 25. But the ones that were here, the ones that were here were phenomenal. They were phenomenal. The home crowd behind us, they were into it. Our student body was outstanding. Uh, and I, I was excited about it. When you run out, you got a huge roar. We had, the band was tremendous. They did a fantastic job. The cheerleaders, all the different things that we had going on. Uh, I thought they were all awesome. And it was loud, and they stayed loud, and they stayed through the game. And we probably made them stay through the game because we were so bad going back and forth. You know, they didn't want to miss what was going to happen. But uh, I was really pleased with our fans and, and, our, and our student body. Jamie Chowell, injecting some levity into the situation, but he's not wrong. And if you look at it for Liberty University and wonder why 25% of Williams Stadium was not full this past week and whether there should be optimism that's going to change, I actually think there's a lot of reason that there's optimism that it will change for New Mexico State this coming weekend. First of all, it was a noon kickoff in the early part of the year. When we mentioned kickoff times in our chat with Richie Longshot. Scott, this was a couple of months ago, but you can go scroll through the archives at Fastlane, Nedlane, wherever you listen to podcasts to find that comment. Richie Longshot's from aseaofred.com and co-host of their podcast. By the way, we'll chat with John Manson from aseaofred.com around uh, 545 tomorrow in the Fastlane. But when we spoke with Richie Longshot, he mentioned that one of the challenges is those early season kickoffs and 100%. You have an early season, early day kickoff. It's in the heat of the day. Getting casual fans out to that much easier said than done. Liberty's second game this Saturday, 6 p.m. kickoff. It's been hot this week. It's actually supposed to cool off tomorrow and Saturday. There's even a chance for rain over the back half of the day, and that might keep temperatures a little bit suppressed. But Liberty's shown out when it's been rainy. I don't worry about that nearly as much as just sitting out in the sweltering heat, especially if the rain has subsided and it actually cools off the overall atmosphere around Williams Stadium. That's one of the points. The other part is just the uncertainty of a new coaching staff. You bring in a new coaching staff, there's always going to be a question of, okay, what in the world is happening? And it's much different than it used to be. The end of the Hugh Freeze era, we mentioned the the, the comical part of it being 18,837 listed attendance for that New Mexico State game last year when the coaching staff had quit on the team and obviously the team was deflated having in front of the coaching staff and it played out in a uh, 24-point favorite losing by 35 at home on senior day that's something by the way tomorrow in our votes of confidence i will totally throw out in projections for how the new mexico state liberty game will unfold don't know which way i'll go actually i kind of have a do i do have an idea but that outcome last year doesn't factor into it but it does factor into the fans perception how last season ended on such a disappointing note then you have a new coaching staff as successful as they were at coastal carolina you're not sure what to expect and 50% roster turnover, which is normal in this day and age of college sports, unless you're Clemson and you keep a lot of your dead weight as opposed to shedding it through the transfer portal. Is that a low blow, Trey? 
I said, I said, lol. Oh, like laugh out loud. Yeah. I mean, you know, it is kind of convenient to bring that up. But all of that means there's not a lot of familiarity, not a lot of certainty. And those are things that certainly make it harder to sell in the early going. But the way Liberty handled adversity in the game against Bowling Green, the fact that they started fast, there is offensive explosiveness, that you clearly see something there for Jamie Chadwell plus the time of the game, I think there's absolutely reason to be optimistic that attendance will turn around for Liberty uh, going forward, including this coming week against New Mexico State. What also will turn around is this show with more insight and analysis right now in the Fast Five at Five-ish. It's time for the Fast Five at Five-ish. Five fast-paced, quick-witted things you need to know right now. Number five. Lost in the shuffle of Liberty News is another bit of good news for the Liberty Flames. They added a commitment from six foot eight forward Andrew Grimes, who picked Liberty over UC San Diego and Appalachian State a couple of days ago. If there's one thing you want to see for Liberty, it's adding post players with a little bit of rim protection ability, athleticism, and the potential to add size. That is what jumps out about the addition for Andrew Grimes. Offensive game, uh, probably going to be a work in progress when it gets to Liberty as it often is. But you're willing to play defense, you have athleticism. Those are traits that Liberty has been looking for, and that is a positive addition for Richie McKay and the Liberty basketball program. Number four. To the shock of nobody, John Hunter Nemechek yesterday announced that, in fact, will be making the move to Legacy Motor Club's number 42 car for next year. Generally, Trey, I am skeptical of these moves to lower-funded organizations. I have become less skeptical in recent years, a topic you guys will discuss in the Front Stretch Bringing the Heat podcast that you're going to be hosting in place of our guest in about five minutes, Brian Nolan. Yeah, it should be out any moment now. It should indeed. But John Hunter Nemechek announcing the move. I get it because he's with Toyota. He's been with Toyota previously. Truck Series last year, Xfinity Series this year, and with Legacy Motor Club going to Toyota, it's essentially a nudged-on promotion, especially for a driver that Joe Gibbs Racing would like to have, but they have no definitive timetable on when they will add to their stable of drivers or have an opening that opens that up because... Number three. Danny Hamlin signing a multi-year extension to remain at Joe Gibbs Racing. I didn't think this was in doubt, Trey, but you do wonder about it the longer it took to shore up. And as much as anything, I think a lot of it is Danny Hamlin's been outspoken about revenue sharing and distribution and wanting more clarity on that. And that's why it makes sense that it took a little bit longer to get going because, of course, Denny Hamlin, the driver, is also tied into Denny Hamlin, the owner. Number two. Four-star linebacker Chris Cole out of Salem High School. That is the Salem just next to Roanoke. It's not the same. They'll remind you of that. But he will make his college verbal commitment announcement this coming Sunday at 4.30 p.m. Virginia Tech is on the list, along with Tennessee, Georgia, Miami, USC, and Penn State. Trey, what is your level of optimism that the Hokies actually land this verbal commitment? 25%. I think that's very reasonable. Because the truth is, Virginia Tech does not have the NIL money that the other schools have, and they could throw some dollar, dollar bills, y'all. His way. They also don't have a lot of proven success under current head coach Brent Pry. It is a much greater leap of faith, and players in this day and age are less likely to take 
that leap of faith. And number one on the Fast Five at Five-ish. Liberty fans can remember what happened a couple of years ago to Jonathan Bennett celebrating a freak injury, celebrating a big play from one of his teammates. That was a uh, touchdown a couple of years ago. It's happened again this year, but to a different team and a different position. UVA defensive lineman Sua Gunlea suffered a ruptured patella tendon tear in both of his knees, celebrating on the sideline after a big play against the University of Tennessee. It's easy to poke fun at Virginia for this, but the truth of the matter is these are the type of injuries that can happen in any situation. It, it just I, I hope they are continually to be continue to be freak injuries that pop up because you want to see players express a level of joy on the football field or whatever playing surface it is because it provides a level of entertainment even though yes for Virginia unfortunately they are clearly on the wrong end of this and it does bring flashbacks to a lot of Liberty Flames fans and there is your fast five at five-ish when we return in the fast lane more on that injury that's around 545 with Brad Franklin of CavsCorner.com But when we return, we'll get feedback on those NASCAR topics we discussed. Plus, week one of the chase in the books. Week two of the playoffs this weekend at Kansas. That with Brian Nolan of FrontStretch.com next here in the Fast Lane on the CBS Sports Radio Lynchburg app. 